Good morning. Good morning. If you would, open your Bibles to the Gospel of John, chapter 8. Today we'll be looking at verse 34. And today I want to talk about sin. Now what is sin? Sin is a transgression of God's command, and God's law. We see this in the book of Genesis when Adam and Eve fell into sin. They had transgressed God's command. And then later on when God gave the law and the law told us what was sinful and what wasn't sinful, when people would transgress the law, they would commit sin. But we also see something else when we look at sin. In the book of Genesis chapter 4, verse 7, God likens sin to some beast that is ready to pounce. He tells Cain that, that sin was laying at the door, waiting on him. It lieth at the door, waiting to pounce. On Cain. Now, why would God describe sin in such a way? It's because sin has such a powerful influence on mankind. Sin led Cain to kill his brother Abel. Sin led to the destruction of the earth in the flood. We see the results of sin all throughout the Bible and how sin affected the people that, that we find in the Bible, how sin affected their lives. And then we also see that sin was the reason Jesus Christ died on the cross for us. It was to pay the penalty for our sins. And then look around today. Look at the community. Look at the county. Look at the state. Look at this nation. Look around the world. We see the effects of sin all around us. Sin is everywhere, and sin affects everyone. So look at what Jesus says about sin here in the Gospel of John. John chapter 8 Verse 34, it's written, Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you, I just ask your blessings upon the reading of your word. Lord, just be with us today as we worship together. We're just thankful, Lord, that you are with us, that we could just come today to worship and Lord, I just pray that you would be with us today as we worship together, that you would just illuminate your word for us, help us to learn from it, and help us to take what we learn today and apply it into our daily walk. And Lord, I just pray that you would give me the words to say, that you would hide me behind the cross. And Lord, I just pray that you would just bind down Satan and let him have no part of this service. And Lord, today, if there's anyone here that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, if there's anyone that needs to make any decision today, I just pray that you would speak to their hearts. 
Just continue to be with us and overshadow us with your love and watch care. Just ask this in your Son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus tells us that whosoever committeth sin is a servant of sin. A servant of sin. Think about what that statement means. First, when we look at someone who is lost, they're dead in their trespasses and sins, but they're also a servant of sin. Basically, the beast that was lying at the door ready to pounce on Cain has pounced on these people, and it's got them in his, he has got them in, their, in his grasp. They are subject to this beast called sin. Subject to it. They've become a servant to it, a slave to it. And when you think about it, their entire being would be pretty much to, to commit sin. That's why sin is so deadly. That's why it's so evil. And when we look at someone who is lost, in many cases you can see how sin affects them. We can see how they act. I mean, think about what we've seen in the past couple of years, just the violence that's been going on. I saw something the other day where, where someone didn't get the order they wanted. What was it? At a Chipotle's and the person pulled a gun. That's crazy. But that's an effect of sin. We can see how sin affects people in the way they act. We can see it in the way they talk. We can see it in, in what they write. The music. The beliefs. The violence that's going on. Those are the things we can see. But then think about the sins that we don't see. The hidden sins. The addictions. Addiction to drug, addiction to alcohol, addiction to pornography, all of these things are the result of sin and the hold sin has on people because when someone is lost, they become a servant of sin. They are a servant to it, a slave to it. But I want you to think about something. This is not just a problem for the lost. Christians as well can be servants of sin. They can be a servant of sin just as much as someone who is lost. Now what do I mean? Look again at what Jesus says. Whosoever, whosoever committeth sin is a servant of sin. He didn't say just the Gentiles. He didn't say just the Jews. He didn't say just the lost. He said, whosoever. Whosoever committeth sin 
is a servant of sin. This includes Christians who continuously fall into sin. Christians are not immune to sin. I mean, think about it. The only thing that differentiates someone who is lost and someone who is saved is the blood of Jesus Christ. Christians can still fall to sin, and Christians can still become a servant of sin. But think about something. Christ, when he died on the cross for us, when we receive him as our Lord and Savior, he frees us from the bondage of sin. He cuts the shackles off of us. So once we receive him, we are no longer a servant of sin. But when we succumb to temptation, when we fall to sin, we're taking the shackle of sin and we're putting it back on ourselves. Thus, we are putting ourselves back under the bondage of sin. We ourselves are becoming a servant of sin again, even though Christ has freed us from it. So how does that happen? Think about it. Christians can be addicted to alcohol. They can be addicted to drugs. They can be addicted to pornography. How many Christians say a cuss word every other word? I've seen people that have professed to be Christians. They sound worse than someone who's lost when they're talking. How many take the Lord's name in vain? You see, sin is not just a problem for the lost. It's a problem for everyone. So why is it that Christians can fall back into sin and continue to sin? There's one reason. It's because Christians many times fail to use the power that God has given us to overcome sin. We fail to use it. Whenever we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior, we're indwelt by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us power to overcome temptation and the lure of sin. When a Christian fails to use the power that God has given us, what's going to happen? We're going to fall into sin. We're going to put that shackle back on and we're going to become a servant of sin again. Sin crouches at our doors ready to strike, just like it did with Cain. And then likewise, Satan knows our weakness. Every person in this room, Satan knows exactly what your weakness is. And he's going to use that against you to get you to fall into sin. He knows it. And he's going to attack us in that area of weakness. And what happens? When a Christian is not prepared for that attack, when that Christian is not close to God, when that Christian is not living the life that they are supposed to be living, 
When that Christian is not praying, not reading their Bible, not worshiping God, when that Christian is acting worse than the world, what's going to happen? They're going to fall to sin. They're going to succumb to that temptation. And then they become a servant of sin. And then think about it. What happens next? And this is why they become a servant of sin, because of what happens next. They have fallen to the sin, but then they become a servant after that. And it's because of what happens next. Remember, they've not used the power that God has given to overcome sin. So they have fallen into sin and they've grieved the Holy Spirit. As Paul tells us, once we, you know, he says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. When we grieve the Holy Spirit, we grieve the Holy Spirit because we have fallen to sin. But what happens next is after the person has succumbed to the temptation, they realize what has happened because the Holy Spirit is convicting. They have grieved the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is convicting them of that sin. And then they try to clean the mess up. Now notice my words there. They try to clean the mess up on their own. They try to do it on their own. And then they vow not to fall to sin again. I'm going to do better next time is what they say. And then what happens the next hour? the next day, the next week, they do the same thing again. And then they have become a servant of sin. Why? Because they try to clean up the mess on their own. They didn't utilize the power that God had given them to begin with to overcome sin and the power of sin, and then they're not utilizing the power God gives them to overcome sin in their life once they fall to sin. And that happens all the time. Almost every single Christian has done something like that at one time or the other. No one is immune to it. We try to clean up the mess on our own and we leave God out. And then we fall right back into the same sin. Why? Because Satan knows our weakness and he is going to continue to exploit that weakness over and over and over again until we learn that we need God in our life to overcome it. But many times we never learn that we need God in our life to overcome it 
And why do I say that? Because how many of us continue to do the same thing over and over again? When we fall to sin, we cannot leave God out when we try to overcome the lure and the temptation. We cannot leave God out. We must turn to God because He is the only one who can help free us from sin. He is the only one that can free us when we reshackle ourselves to sin because that's what we've done. When we fall to sin and we continue to do the same thing over and over again, we have taken the chain that Christ has freed us from and we have put it right back along our ankle and we have locked it back. We've reshackled ourselves to sin. Even though Christ paid the price for our sins and Christ has freed us from the sin, we reshackle ourselves. and become a servant of sin. But it does not need to be that way. It does not need to be that way because Christ has freed us from sin. He freed us from sin with His death on the cross. Look at Ephesians chapter 1. Look at verse 7. By whom we have redemption through His blood by whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins, according to His rich grace. When Christ shed His blood on the cross, He freed us from the power of sin. Once we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are freed. He has given us that freedom. Over the, power, or over the power of sin, He has given us that freedom. And when we fall to sin, we are placing the chain back on ourselves. We're doing it to ourselves. But what we can do is we can use the power Christ has given us to overcome sin and its bondage. Now what is this power? What are these tools that Christ has given us? The first is His blood. When He shed His blood on the cross, He freed us from sin because we are washed clean by the blood of Jesus Christ. And what He has done is He has forgiven us for past, present, and future sins. We're freed from sin we're freed from the penalty of sin. So we need to remember that we are freed. Second, when confronted by sin and tempted, what can we do? It's something else God has given us. We pray. We pray. We pray and ask God to deliver us from the temptation and the sin. There is power in prayer. We ask God to help us, to give us power to overcome temptation. Next, when confronted by sin and temptation, call upon the name of Christ. 
There's power in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. In the book of James, James says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. How do we resist the devil? We resist the devil through the power of Jesus Christ in the name of Christ. Call upon the name of Christ and ask him to help us to resist the devil. And then when confronted by sin, when tempted, remember the Word of God. The Word of God. How was it that Christ overcame the temptations of Satan when he was tempted? He quoted Scripture. Quote Scripture. When tempted, quote Scripture. There is power in the Word of God. We need to quote Scripture and utilize the Word of God to help us to overcome sin. But then there's one more thing that God has given us. And it's something many Christians fail to realize. And many Christians fail to do. We have the church. We have the church. Utilize the power of the church. Now what do I mean? Call upon your brothers and sisters in Christ to pray for you. Utilize the power of prayer in the church. Because our brothers and sisters in Christ are there for us when we need their help. And then, worship. Worship God. How many Christians fail to worship? If we're not worshiping, right there, we're sinning. Because the Scripture tells us not to forsake the assembling of believers. We need to also remember to worship. Utilize all the tools God has given us to overcome sin. He's given us prayer. He's given us His Word. He's given us His Son. He's given us the church. And He's given us the power of worship. Five things to help us to overcome the power of sin. There is no reason for us to return to bondage, to the shackle of sin. There is no reason to become a servant to sin because Christ has delivered us. He has freed us from this bondage and God has given us power to overcome the draw of sin. So we need to use these tools God has given us. Stay close to Him and remain free and keep ourselves from becoming a servant of sin once more. Let's stand for prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you, just ask your blessings today, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this time of worship. And Lord, I just pray that if there is anyone here that needs to make any decision, that you'd speak to their hearts. Just continue to be with us. 
Continue to overshadow us with your love and watch care. We just ask this in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen.